You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 66 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Weekend number one is in the books in the Ontario Hockey League, and it was awesome. OHL live package. We definitely got our money's worth last weekend, I'd say. Yeah, I want to say we probably had a combined like twelve games in total, like combined. Yeah, something so, like that. I watched the re- I watched the replay of every game on Friday. <laughs> on can't on say Saturday. that I did, but on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, because we were in Niagara for the featured game on Saturday. Yep, a decent sneak peek. Uh, and then we had the Knights and Attack game on, and the intermissions of that game. Yeah, yeah, that counts. Um, the Kingston Mississauga game, which was yep. like wow, where a lot of people made yeah. jinx up around that. Actually, nah, I'm not yeah. saying that, but I mean, some people probably did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not. There a were people jinx. out there. Yeah, um, incredible one. We were networking Saturday too. Oh yeah, Maybe met some on social media. Met some high rollers in the press box. Not high rollers. Yeah, that was but- fun some important people in the press box. Yeah, good conversation, too. Good period conversation. Yeah. Good period in 20 good minutes. period, good overtime, good shootout conversation. <laughs> Learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's fun. That was fun. Um, yeah, in case anyone's wondering, uh, Mr. Rocco Tulio uh, sat beside us in the press box at the Meridian Center, so we had a nice chat with him for one. about an hour or so while the third period overtime and shootout was going on, and He's an animated man. He, oh, yeah, he likes yeah, to move around. He was moving. He was bobbing his head all up and down. <laughs> now, part of that had to be with the Oshawa General's radio broadcast in front of him and having to look around that. But uh, yeah. other than that, really nice guy, and he really knows his stuff. Oh, big time. It was a great talk. We had a great talk. We talked about potential rule changes. We talked about everything going on. And, I mean, yeah. it was a good time. It was a good time. I like the real change I brought up to him is we need 10 minutes, three on three overtime. Mm-hmm. Cause that overtime on Saturday, I had both games I've been to so far this year, were both shootout games. And I can tell you right now, the overtime needs 10 minutes. There would be no shootouts. Yeah. Literally, there would be no shootouts. Not even 10 or, out of the hundred percent of the overtime, not even 10% would go to shootout if there were 10 minutes, not a chance. I mean, in the OHL, it just moves too fast. And that game should have ended a lot faster in overtime with the amount of two-on-ones and breakaways in that shoot in overtime that we had on Saturday night. That was wild. If it wasn't for the goalies, it would have been over on the first minute of yeah. overtime. Yeah, I can agree with that. That was a goalie. That was a goalie game. And by looking at the three stars, how much you trust it. Tucker Tynan, star number one. Zach Papasakis, uh, star number two. So it kind well of deserved. explains that story. And yeah. Tucker Tynan was incredible. He was unreal. He was so good. He's um, kept them in the game. I mean, Niagara being 2-0, and it's not a fluke. I mean, Tucker Tynan's been a massive part of that. Yeah, the Ice Dogs. I mean, Tucker Tynan won OHL Goaltender of the Week. And like I tweeted out, the Ice Dogs could easily be 0-2 if it wasn't for Tucker Tynan. That game against Barry could have got away from them very quickly. I mean, they gave up so many opportunities while they were on the power play. Barry came... And on Tynan, quite a few times shorthanded, had glorious scoring opportunities, but they were unable to capitalize. So that easily could have, you know, gone the Barry Colts way and they could have easily taken the opener there. And then, you know, you look at the game on Saturday and the Oshawa Generals were the better team by far throughout that game. I thought 
that the scoring chances favored the generals heavily and it easily could have been a five, one or five, two generals win. It was, you know, I thought they dominated that much, but uh, clearly Tucker Tynan played unreal. Um, 32 saves, including overtime uh, in that game against Oshawa. So uh, definitely one of the reason, if not the only reason that the ice dogs walked out of there uh, with two points on Saturday night. Oh, 100%, 100%. And the Oshawa Generals had, like you said, majority of the quality scoring chances were by Oshawa Generals for sure in that game. It was not even close. I mean, Ty Tuilio had the puck rolling off his stick mm-hmm. in overtime, point blank, po- literally point blank in front of the net. And it was a goal if it doesn't roll off the stick. It just couldn't get the puck to settle on him. It's Collins getting a call from the commissioner, David Branch. Yeah, we will, Colin, we will hold. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're good. Mute. Uh, We're good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that that was also part of the fun having Rocco Tulio next to us is, you know, he he, Ty's got the puck on his stick (laughs) and he's even more on edge. He's on the edge of his seat. He's leaning over. Like you can see him fall off the press. Like he was, he was that into it. And I mean, Ty Tulio, glorious opportunity uh, to end the game. And I, I think I know what you're, where you're going with this. He, he grew quite a bit. Ty exactly. is a pretty yeah, decently big massive. human being right now. He's not massive, but he's bigger, and he yeah. looks like a man. And it's like it's like his dad Rocco said in the press box to us, Reese, when you go to the NHL camps, you become a man. And he turned from a kid to a man, and that's exactly what we saw in Ty Tulio. He's a man now. He doesn't look yeah. like a kid anymore. And once you go to the NHL development camps and training camps, you change. You change a ton. And he's changed for sure in a good way. And he looks like he has a professional hockey player body type now to have a good career. And that's huge. That's huge for a hockey player. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit more of the game uh, here uh, in a second. But there is one more topic that I know Colin Ward wanted to discuss. And it was an idea brought up to us uh, by Rocco about, you know, when we got to the shootout, and by the way, that, yeah, was the, that was the slowest transition between overtime and a shootout of all <laughs> time. There yeah, was I've a, never what, saw 10 like to 15 that. minutes before the shootout started. That, that was brutal. So Reesh, we center, watched... let's figure it out here. Come on now. Hey, let's go. Yep. Anytime. Hey, we could have we, we watched like five, 10 minutes of the, of the London Owens sound game. I believe yeah. that was a seven thirty game on Saturday. We, we probably could have watched the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> in Owens yeah, sound. Literally. Literally, we could have watched five to ten minutes of that game. We could have went down to the bottom and got our post-game interviews and walked up there sometime <laughs> they even took a shot. Literally, it was that slow. Uh, yeah, I mean, only one Zamboni scrape, and it looks like they left the one side a little bit shorter than the yeah. other. It was uneven, so that was pretty weird. And uh, it was a unique shootout, too. It looked like it was going to end quick. It didn't, and then it looked like it was going to end, and then it didn't. It was just one of those where, okay, we're going to make three, three saves each to start the shootout. All right, then we'll score. Okay, we'll trade goals, and then we'll stop a couple again. It was just a weird shootout. Well, in the way it started, it was just shot, 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 shot. And then the players actually started to figure it out. We even discussed this about, okay, where's the adjustment coming? When are, these, when are the Deeks going to start to show up? And they started to show up around the third or fourth round of the shootout. And there, oh, were, some there were some really nice, nice ones. ones. Like, man, that, that was a shootout <laughs> for the ages early in the season. Like they- yeah, there was a couple there that looked like us in the series. I mean, it was pretty good, Conchell. But yeah, back to back chance. Not a big not deal. A big deal. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. It was a really good shootout. And the one point I really like, and we got to make a Twitter poll of this, and Reese, I know we disagree on this, but if you score the winning goal in the shootout, I believe you should get credited as a goal. Reese, your thoughts? Yeah, I was I down two on. I was down two on one on this discussion because Rocco Tulio also thought that they should get a point. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think they should. So for for me, and I know this is where I, I know you want it to be like this too for just this reason. <laughs> Pavel Datsuk lost how many goals because of the shootout winner? I mean, scored all the time in the shootout, and most of the time the shootout winner for the Wings. And I just think you look in the Ontario Hockey League, how many guys are so good in shootouts to where it costs them a goal. And it's a development league, right? That extra goal on the score sheet might help them get an AHL contract for an OA. I mean, it may help them. I don't know, but I just think it's just an extra stat. I like stats and I hope they can put it in there because they count on the score sheet. It's not. It's hockey, but it's not hockey. You know what I mean? Like the skills competition. It's like you're in the All-Star game the night before the All-Star game. That's like, what it looks like. I, I mean, you're if teams are looking at guys and in, in terms of I'm talking like NHL teams or even AHL teams who are scouting and you know looking for guys who have a little bit, you know, skill, a little bit of skill, you know, they have hands, they may not be the most physical person, but if they can make a couple of deeks, try and make a play or two in a game. <laughs> Thomas Vanek. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> I mean, you might look for that. I don't I don't know, but I, I just don't think the shootout is the time for it. I think yeah, you put one on the board, you can win the game for your team. Okay. You're one-on-one yeah. with a goalie. No defenseman. Okay. No. I just think it's, a free, think it's if, a free opportunity. You mean you know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, good 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 shooters beat good goaltending. I mean, you can put the puck in a, the size of a puck mark, you're gonna score hundred percent of the time, and that's the difference between junior and the professional ranks where guys don't need a lot of room to shoot the puck. You had got you have guys like Brennan Hoffman, Shane Wright, Mason McTavish, who's making the Anaheim Ducks, which is really cool. Congrats to yeah. Mason! But you have guys like Hoffman and Wright who have elite shots in this league. They can pick corners on anywhere in the net. It doesn't matter how out your goaltender is, how well positioned you are. They can pick the corner on any part of the net on that goaltender. It doesn't matter who it is. So that's what I think it's a skill. But yeah, one on one like that, it favors them heavily. The shooter. Yeah, the the but only argument I can I make you in the game. Yeah, the only argument I can make four points and will make my point of oh you're just one on one with the goalie sound really stupid is you give points for penalty shots. Yeah, so that yeah, that's I guess the counter argument where well where you can it's essentially that. the same thing. You just there's no dry scrape. Exactly, and you can compare that I to a game winner that, as well, but... and you can compare that to the game winner as well because the game winning goal in the shootout it's the only goal that really counts on the score sheet obviously so that that in my opinion makes it it should be allowed i mean it's 2-2 you score the goal that makes it 3-2 you win the game in shootout that should be counted a goal in my opinion and but it's a fun one it's a good debate i i'm gonna put a twitter poll out there because that's a good one i want to hear what people have to say about that yeah i want to know what people have to say about that because that's an interesting one yeah i like it yeah are you on the fence I don't know. Are you against it still? I'm like 75% against it, 25% okay. for it. Okay. Tough. You'll have to really convince me. All right. Maybe maybe throughout the show, I'll just give slight jabs toward oh like being in, being in favor to it. <laughs> and then you'll be like, yeah, I'm on board. No. 
God. No. All right. Hey, All right. you know what though? You know what though? I have another. Uh, I have another Twitter poll idea too. So the first face-off, who won the first face-off of the year between Peterborough and North Bay? That's a. I kind of want to put that one out there and see if that's the knowledge of the listeners. Get them involved. It was J.R. Avon, but I mean, it's an interesting one. He scored, also scored the first goal right after that. Yeah. I think that's an interesting one. I mean, either Peterborough or North Bay, take your pick. A lot of people in those games will get it right. Just a test back on Thursday, too. It was a while ago. So may, uh, may catch maybe, some people. Maybe we'll have to do some research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not like who won the faceoff on the featured game, because I don't even remember that, who won the first faceoff. At the first featured game this year between Oshawa and uh, Niagara. I could let you know. Oh, Reese has it. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. If, if, you, don't, if you don't guess this one, this is sad. It's got to be Jake. It's got to be the maestro. Yeah, Jake Uberti defeats hey, Brett who had Harrison a huge, on the opening faceoff. Who had a huge, huge game. I mean, he looked good. The only thing is with Jake, he got it. He's got to learn to stay out of the box. I mean, that's the one Achilles heel with him where he's going to score. He's going to put up a lot of points. He's going to put up over a point a game this year for the ice duck, but he's going to also get a lot of penalty minutes. So he's got to put that under control because if he puts the penalty minutes under control, look out, look out for Niagara. I mean, you're 100% right on the media poll where Niagara is a sleeper team for sure. They have a good goaltender. Their defense are playing good without their lead. Without their leading penalty killer, you could say, and shot blocker yep. for sure, Mason Howard. Absolutely. I mean, the league leading shot blocker, Mason Howard, you could say, because he just blocks everything. There's no way guys block more shots than Mason Howard did. If they do, I'd love to sign that guy because yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you got to be pretty banged up because Mason Howard throws his body on the line every single shot that comes his way in front of him, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, and, I mean, that can lead us right into kind of analyzing and breaking down this game. Uh, we'll go goal by goal to start. And this man is having a very good start to his Ontario Hockey League career. And the Oshawa Generals knew exactly what they were getting when they took him second overall. Callum Ritchie, he opened the scoring. uh, 7-15 mark of the second period. Power play goal assisted by uh, Ty Tulio and Daniel Michaud. And first of all, the Niagara could have probably been leading 1-0 after the first. With like 20 seconds left, they missed a wide-open net. Just wanted yeah. to add that in there. Um, yes, but Callum Ritchie ends up opening us. the scoring. Yeah, and Callum Ritchie looks – he looks like the real deal. I mean, 6'2", he's big. He's like 178, 6'2". He's in the 170 range. I don't – don't quote me on the weight, but I know he's 6'2". And that's uh, – he's a he's a real deal. I mean, you talk about Musty. You talk, you talk about Mitama. I mean, Callum Ritchie's right in there. And obviously the second overall pick. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be, he's a real deal. And I'm excited to see what he does throughout the year because he's really good. And he's a good second line center for that Oshawa generals team. Yeah. Well, and he, he's bringing to the table what everyone thought he would. And we are uh-huh. excited for every moment out of it. I'm just trying to bring up the goal here. I'm pretty sure it was a pretty pa- passing play by the generals. Yeah. Just bringing it up here. Not yeah, cool. it was started, started behind the net, went out to the far side with Ty Tulio and then Callum Ritchie was all alone uh, in down low behind the goaltender Tynan. And that's an easy tap in. So. Um, and nice little backdoor shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really nice play by the Oshawa generals uh, to take a one, nothing lead. 
They would hold that lead through 40 minutes before the maestro. JQ Birdie ties the game at the 425 mark of the third period, assisted by Rodwin Dionisio. Nice, nice. Yeah, that was a nice goal. Shout out to Ted Lehman for the pronunciation sheet. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Hey, that would have helped a couple years ago with uh, Christian Sprawlio, where it took me like a month to figure it out. I mean, and I knew it, dude. I knew it. That was the worst part. Such a, such a loser, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what a goal by Jake. I mean, that's just Jake showing off the growth he has had this uh, offseason, you could say, in that development camp for the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, that's just him showing what he's grown and incredible goal. I mean, going hard down the wing, taking it toward the net like that. Get played by Jake. Credited for that goal, well-deserved, because like you said, Reese, he should have had one after the first period. He had a wide-open net. Yeah. And it didn't happen, but he got one back. Yeah, he just weaved his way up the middle of the ice through a couple of defenders and then beat Papasakis five holes. And it's just not tip of your cap. Nice goal. We sucked on that play, but, uh, you know, we'll give you credit for it because it was was a nice goal for JQ Birdie, his, uh, his first of the season. Then the Ice Dogs would take the lead at the 11.37 mark of the third period. Isaac Enright with a seeing-eye shot from the point, able to beat Papasakis. Uh, top shelf looked like on the glove-hand side. Uh, assist to Jake Uberti. And there's a goal there where you're pumped to see Enright score because he's got to take that, he's got to take that next jump now because he's got to be that legit one or two defenseman for them, for the Niagara Ice Dogs, because Mason Howard was out, obviously, but when he comes back, you look at the Niagara Ice Dogs top four. You look at Cato, Betts, Howard, and Enright. That's mm-hmm. solid. That's solid. And Isaac Enright is going to be the offensive guy in that four. He has to be the defenseman to put up the points. And there's one there where he needs to do what he – he needs to keep doing that. And he looked good defensively. He looked good in his own end, which is the most important for a defenseman. But when I see Enright, I see him taking the late more jump, which he looks – Fabulous. I mean, Reese, you're 100% right about Layton Moore. I mean, he is. He looked really good. And I'm looking for Isaac Enright to take that jump. I mean, he's bigger than Layton Moore, right? So you imagine him with that skating style being bigger. He's going to create a lot of points for years to come for the Niagara Ice Dogs. So Isaac Enright, look out for that name throughout the year because he's going to have a good year for the Ice Dogs. Yeah, Isaac Enright, of course, former first-round pick. So still high expectations for the young kid. Um, and I know he's ready to have a big season for the Ice Dogs. Um, and finally, the last goal of regulation, well, and the last official goal of the game, you could say, uh, Daniel Michaud from Titulio and Leighton Moore. This one tied it up with just over four minutes to go, and this one was a one-time clapper from the far side, uh, beat Tynan, and... Uh, it was a 2-2 hockey game at that point. Yeah, and Michaud looks really good, too. Michaud, I mean, I like that. I like how he's big, he's strong, he plays around the net as well. I like that type of player. And I think he's going to get a lot of points around the net on special teams for the Oshawa Generals. Just the way he plays, and he's around good talent as well with Harrison and Tulio feeding Pucks and Callum Ritchie. That's a bit. That's nice to have that luxury to have him around the net, and he's going to bury a lot. Kind of reminds me of Mackenzie Entwistle. Yeah, well, and shout out to him. He made the Chicago Blackhawks, so yeah. um, good for Mackenzie Entwistle, former OHL champion. Two-time well. OHL champion, I should say. Um, but, yeah, you talked about it for sure. Michaud, 
that was a one-timer from Ty Tulio. Michaud was in front of the net and went off him and in. So, yeah. Uh, that And again, you look at it at the next level, the National Hockey League, they want referees to start cracking down on cross-checking, especially in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you go to the front of the net now? You know, in if you take a cross play. check, you're going to get a power play out of it. Like it's, in, that, in like that, you almost have to start adapting to it at this level. And Reese, was that the power play where it sent you off? Because everyone complains, oh, he took the goalie out, he took the goalie out, but he got cross checked in the Tucker tie. Was that that power play? No, they got, they both got taken off. That was four on four. Yeah, that was weird. That's, because a pet peeve. that's a joke of a play by a defenseman to push a guy into their I own think- goal. I think it was, I think it was Oshawa had a power play at the time. And then all those penalties led to it being four on four. And then Niagara got a power play out of it. They didn't score, but that was, yeah, that was a weird play where everyone, even a couple of people in the press box were like, Oh, like what are like getting all angry or everything? Like, Oh, he ran into the goal. No, he got pushed in. And I'm pretty sure it was Landon Cato that pushed him in. I can't remember who the Oshawa. Oh, I'll look right now. I'll look. But, um oh 222 into the third yeah so it was earlier but that play you were 100 correct on that play Reese. 100 i mean that's a joke of a play if you're gonna push yeah. a, if you're gonna push a forward onto your own goalie if you're a defenseman you're gonna push a forward onto your own goalie you're dumb especially after what happened to Tucker Tynan yeah. last year where an opposing yeah. player went into him and created that injury. Think, it was you know unfortunate yeah, but, play you didn't mean to do it but at the same time you understand what happened last time a player went into Tucker Tyne. And- remember in 20, ooh, 2015 when Jimmy Howard got the concussion, the last year the Red Wings made the playoffs. Remember Nick Jensen pushed the Tampa Bay forward into Jimmy Howard and hit the back of his head, and Howard fell out onto the ice and got a concussion from it. Could you imagine if Tucker Tynan takes an elbow or a stick in the back of his helmet and yeah. lands head first on the ice? What happens? What happens then the next day? Oh, he's not feeling too good. Right? Players cut. Uh oh. <laughs> like yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, but that's why I really don't. Nothing good happens. Nothing can happen. Nothing good happens with doing that. I mean it's just dumb. Yeah. So that's why that you're 100 right on that. I just want to bring that up because that's a play that needs to stop. And if you're a young defenseman listening to uh, listening to this, please do not push a forward onto your goalie because it's not going to work very good. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't like when profession. I don't like when they do it at the NHL level. I don't like that at any level. Pushing it forward on your own goalie it makes no sense. I get it. I'd rather you grab the guy by the throat. And I get it. If you're in minor hockey, don't do this because I don't want to get in trouble. So don't grab. If I'd rather you grab the guy by the collar and scuffle like that over cross check him into your own goalie. But well, well, and two, you, well, and two that pushes your goalie out of position. The puck goes in. Oh no, you pushed him on. It's a goal. Sorry. Yeah, so. where we saw a weird one like that on Friday night in uh, Kitchener, the Guelph-Kitchener game, where Kitchener scored the game winner where the puck was underneath Owen Bennett's pad. Yep. I want to quickly touch about that. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. We saw that a bunch of times. Remember in Buffalo? Remember in Buffalo a few years ago where the puck got caught in the goaltender's pants and he went in the net? That's a goal. That counts. Do you remember that? Was Mike that Smith. Leonard? Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Oh, Arizona. yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona-Buffalo. Yeah, Remember yeah. the puck got caught in his pant and it, when he went in the net and they counted it. It's yeah. a goal. You take the puck in the net, it's a goal. The defenseman from Guelph collided with Owen Bennett's pad. The puck was underneath Owen Bennett's pad in the net, behind the white, behind the red line, and the net was on. That's a goal. That's a goal. There's three reasons there why that's a goal. That's a goal. 
I know there's a bunch of people complaining on Twitter because they're Twitter refs, but they're wrong. That's a goal. There's literally three reasons why that's a goal. And that's a goal. You see it at the NHL level all the time. You'll probably see it again this year because it happens a lot. And it's just a bang, bang play, especially in three on three, when it's so wide open like that, you're just going to continue to see it. So, but that is a goal. Yeah. And then to quickly wrap up, wrap with the shootout, uh, Ty Tulio, Brett Harrison started it off for the generals. They missed same thing with Gushin and Femis. Um, all four of those players missed. And, you know, that's what we talked about earlier. They decided to shoot, and it clearly didn't work. Which was so, weird. I knew Gushin was going to shoot because he's just a shooter. He yeah. shoots every time he gets a puck. He reminds me so much of Timu Polkman, the former Finn star, who, where when he went to the wit in Grand Rapids, all he did was take a slap shot every single time. And Marty Ferg type guy, where he's just going to shoot every time he gets the puck. But that's what, I knew he was going to shoot. And I mean, who figures? Yeah. Um, and then Callum Ritchie, Leighton Moore. Cameron Butler and Rodwin Dionisio figured out that deking works as all four of them scored. Uh, then it would be Bryce Cook missing, Ryan Gagne with an opportunity to win it. He could not. And then it was Juan Copeland getting the eventual winner in the sixth round where Daniel Michaud did not score for the Generals. And we did make it down after the game for Billy Burke's post-game media availability. And when it was funny, there was what, like six or seven of us down there, like getting ready for the first scrum of the year. <laughs> Billy walks out. Jeez, guys, I didn't expect all you. I expected like one or two guys, but not like seven. There's like, there's <laughs> a lot of people down there. You can tell the media, like the local media, Exciting. Niagara, they were excited to be back doing these media scrums. Like Billy Burke was excited to do it. Just, you know, you're, in, you're in that rhythm and, um, it's just something you're used to after games. And it was nice that we were able to uh, be a part of that and get some post-game audio for you. So uh, here it is uh, about six, six and a half minutes uh, post-game with head coach, Billy Burke. Congratulations, Billy. I mean, first game back here in over 500 days, win or lose. How great did it feel just to be back? Yeah, it felt great. Uh, very exciting. Obviously, you know, an obvious buzz, obvious energy uh, throughout the rink and warm up, uh, you know, and uh, it was exciting. It was great to be back. And, you know, the fans are amazing. The fans didn't, you know, didn't seem like they had any time off at all. Yeah, for sure. What did you guys miss most about playing here and coming here? I think the energy, I mean, it's it's such an exciting, you know, you forget the exhibition's fun, but, you know, the, the game day, they put on a great show. Yeah. Uh, the fans are so involved. Uh, it's loud. Um, it's just a great atmosphere. It's one of the best rinks in, you know, all of junior hockey, and we're very thankful and grateful to be, to be able to call it our home. Sure, yeah. Bit of a slow start overall, and then things really turned it up in the third period. What did you think happened uh, between the second and third period type thing? Yeah, you know, I think it was a little bit maybe of us, um, you know, thinking that we had a good night on Thursday mm -hmm. and we could just show up and everything. And, you know, Oshawa, they don't cheat. They play a very honest, hard game, heavy game. You know, some real high-end guys. You know, they're, they're very comfortable in low-scoring games. Um, so we had to find a way to break through, and, and I thought – you know, I thought we used our speed a little bit more. That was, you right. know, it's a big weapon for us. And I didn't think we looked very fast through the first two, but uh, I thought, you know, we looked a little bit quicker and, and uh, got some results. Sure. And it's probably going to get old talking about it, but second game into the year, Tucker's another star. I mean, I think we're going to be talking about him quite a bit this year, aren't we? For sure, for sure. There's no doubt that, uh, you know, he's a leader. You know, he's, he's uh, the heartbeat of the team. Yeah. Um, you know, just a ton of confidence in him. You know, as the, uh, as, the sh as the shootout went on there, you know, they got a couple great goals, but you just knew he was going to stand tall and 
tall and be tough to, to get another one by him. So a ton of confidence um, from Tucker and then a couple great goals by our guys sure. too. I know it's only two games, very small sample size, but how great is it to get a couple wins on your belt? Because you don't want to start off the season a couple losses, you start to doubt yourself, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's only one weekend, but it can sure. certainly uh, set the table for, you know, hopefully continued success. You know, you don't really want to be chasing uh, all season long. Um, you know, you're really going to notice all these four-point games with all these interconference mm -hmm. games. So standings are going to be incredibly tight. Already you can tell there's a ton of parity uh, in, in the Eastern Conference. So uh, great for us. Um, definitely have a lot of things to work on, a lot of things we could clean up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a great... Uh, it was a great uh, memory for us to come out and uh, you know steal one in the third at our home opener. A lot of penalties tonight, Billy. Just uh, is that something that you're hoping? It's, for, it's the first weekend here, so is that something you're hoping to clean up with the guys, or is that something that's just going to happen because you haven't been playing in, in so long? That's a you know that's a great question. And uh, to be honest, the, the penalties, uh, not I can't think of one that was a good one. You know, a lot of stick stuff, silly stuff, lazy stuff, offensive zone stuff. Um, those are tough penalties to kill. You know, if a guy's taking a, a lazy hook in the offensive zone. It doesn't really motivate the team to, to get out there where it you know motivates the other team so uh, we need to be smarter uh, power plays are dangerous in this league and uh, you can't just keep relying on penalty killing and, and good goaltending you have to play a lot smarter jake obviously goal and assist he was banged up there as well after the goal just uh what did you think of his performance tonight and uh, is he going to be okay moving forward you know i actually thought he got better as it went on you know i didn't think he was as consistent as he'd like to be uh, in the first two periods but uh that's what winners do, and uh, that's what big players do. Uh, they, they, they're able to always, you know, focus and rebound to the next shift, and that's what Jake did, you know, uh, to come out and, and look uh, strong and as fast as he did and get that goal at a huge moment for us. Um, you know, really proud of him. Uh, I hope he's okay. I think he'll be okay, but uh, a couple days off now, Thanksgiving weekend, to hopefully rest up. And lastly, you know, it goes to three on three overtime. A lot of line changes, a lot of a lot of things mixed up there. So, what did what was your strategy just in general in the game and going into overtime, kind of with uh, the line combinations? Was there something that you liked or didn't like and kind of had to switch up there? Uh, yeah, we we jimmied the lines a little bit uh, there in the third period, trying to just get something going. Uh, in overtime, uh, we we only practiced it really one time this week. Uh, you know, so definitely some things to work on, that one shift back and forth. The only saving grace was their three guys were just as tired as ours. So <laughs> I know they'll be having the same overtime conversation. But again, two overtime breakaway saves, just uh, outstanding. Um, you know, again, when we needed Tucker, he stepped up, and we certainly needed him in overtime. And we got to be better, uh, a little bit better in overtime. Billy, you have to play without Mason Howard. You know, Augustin Alley's up there with a sling on right now. Steve Simone's dying. A lot of younger guys playing bigger roles than you probably expected the first weekend of October. How happy are you with the younger guys that you probably didn't expect to play at this point? Yeah, very, very happy. You know, they're 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 helping us win right now. Um, they're they're parts of this team. Um, you know, really, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, if you're going to help us win, uh, you know, then you're going to be in that lineup. And you know, to to see the future and. You know, to see a guy like Copeland with that confidence as a 16-year-old to go out and score that, uh, you know, shootout winner was, uh, it was awesome to see and, and you know, just got to keep going. There, there's obviously going to be walls throughout the season and, and little hills that you got to climb, but um, very talented, very smart group of young guys that are earning everything they're getting. Flashback to March of 2020, Cam Snow playing on this team. Tonight, he's out there. He's the first guy out on your penalty kill every time. If you're down down two men, he's the first. He's the only forward out there. What's changed in his game that has given you the confidence to put him out there right away? He's uh, he's just like a Swiss Army knife, jack-of-all-trade guy. I mean, like, he, he'll be on the PK. 
I'll play him center, left, right wing, you know, different positions in the course of a period. He got, he's just a hockey player. He, he's, he's very smart, very strong, good feet, good hands. Nothing rattles him. He's a leader. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a real strong, underrated guy for us that we need a shift. You know, him, Cam Peters can give us some energy, kill a penalty. They do a great job. They take a ton of pride in it. So, um, you know, guys like Snowy are, are, are doing a great job for us. Dakota Betts. Last weekend, I thought he was your best defenseman in that final preseason tune-up. What do you like so much about his game, uh, being able to put him on the top line? Yeah, Betsy's just really playing like an OA defenseman should play. He's taking charge out there. He's being physical. He's always talking, which is great. Um, you know, we're trying to get the guys to be talking a little bit more on the ice. And Betsy leads by example that way. Uh, Hard-nosed, um, you know, he's le like legit tough um, and great feet, great hands. Uh, just a great asset for us. A guy that, you know, Halsey and I trust a lot and we don't mind playing him in any situation. There's Niagara Ice Dogs head coach Billy Burke post-game following a 3-2 shootout win for the Niagara Ice Dogs in their home opener this past Saturday night. And the audio doesn't just stop there. Former show guest, Mr. Panofemus, we are finally able to meet him in person, and he was available um, for a post-game media scrum as well. And we've got audio that, of that too, so here it is. Pano, you scored your first goal going back a few days here on Thursday. Just uh, what was that moment like there? Obviously on the road, wasn't at home, but uh, getting your first OHL goal, official goal, how'd that feel? Yeah, it was great. I mean, obviously it's a special moment, but at the same time it's it's on the road, so it's great to get that one um, off my chest. Um, but it was a great team win, and it was a great night overall as a whole. Um, to get that first one, that first win. So. And being back at home, obviously you would have liked to score tonight, but uh, what did you think of your first uh, experience in front of a Meridian Center crowd, the home opener here? Just uh, how did you feel like you played out there? Obviously, uh, you know, there are going to be some things to clean up for everybody, but uh, how did you think your performance was tonight? Yeah, I mean, the fans were awesome. Um, great atmosphere out there, and they definitely played a role in us winning that hockey game. Um, in terms of my play personally, I mean, I know I got better um, as the game went on, but I got a lot more to show to these, uh, these fans in this hockey club. So, um, again, it was great to win, and we, we get to enjoy the weekend with our family and get back to work on Tuesday. And lastly, what were the nerves like there in overtime and a shootout? Just, uh, you know, it wasn't an easy one for the first uh, home game. Just uh, how were you feeling out there, and were you able to keep an even keel for that uh, overtime shootout? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just overtime, right? Like... <laughs> At the end of the day, we're there to win a hockey game, so um, our job is to stay calm and, and put that puck in the net, and uh, thankfully the rest of the boys were able to get that done. So, again, that was a great win, and back to work on Tuesday. This is your first real weekend with regular season games in the league. What's the biggest adjustment for you? I mean, obviously you didn't get to play last year. This year you're coming in, having that layoff that guys normally don't have. Big adjustment coming into the league. What are you finding is the biggest difference for you personally? Oh, speed and pace are definitely a big one, um, as well as strength. But at the same time, I worked really hard the last 18 months to be able to be fully prepared for when this comes, and I think I did a great job of that. Um, but at the same time, I got lots of work to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, speed and strength are probably the biggest ones. Still your first couple of games in the league. Billy Burks putting you out there on the penalty kill as a young guy. I, I can't say I've ever seen that in Niagara where guys out there killing penalties in his first games in the OHL. How does that help your confidence? Yeah, for sure. It definitely helps my confidence and the older guys have great, uh, been great to me um, to be able to give me that confidence as well. So um, I'm very fortunate to be able to be given those opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got to capitalize on them. So.
long time to make your OHL debut from draft day, but um, you know, you create goals for yourself and you try to hit those. Do you feel like you did that heading into opening night on Thursday? Yeah, I definitely think I did that. Um, again, in that game as well, I got better as the game went on. Um, it's our first regular season game, so uh, there was definitely some adjustments that were that were needed. Um, but at the same time, we got lots of work to do as a, as a team and for me personally. So, Yeah, how much reflecting are you going to do on this first weekend to try and look back? No small sample size, but you can still look at it and say, oh, you know, I like this about my game, but I didn't like this. How much are you going to look back on this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's my first week of playing hockey in the last yeah. 18 months, so um, I can't <laughs> yeah. be too critical, but at the same time, there's definitely video that I can go over on, and there's there's a lot of kinks that i got to get out of my game um, for myself and for the team. So we're definitely going to gonna do that when we come back. So. And there was Pano Femis, former second overall pick in the Ontario Hockey League, probably making my one question sound really freaking stupid. <laughs> it was logical. I talked to him afterwards. I'm like, hey, man, like, I didn't mean to sound stupid. Like, I just over the first week, he goes, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But for anyone out there, if you thought it was stupid, I thought it was stupid at first, too. So that's okay. But. Um, that was Pano Femis following a 3-2 shootout win in his home debut at the Meridian Center on Saturday night. And that essentially wraps up this week's or this past week's featured game between the Oshawa Generals and the Niagara Ice Dogs. And we've got no idea what the game <laughs> no. of the week is going to be. This TBD tournament. <laughs> TBD tournament. Yeah, this TBD. Yeah, TBD. But it is time for a break when we come back few headlines finally a few breaks to get to um colin saying finally for some reason because we haven't been able to talk about a recap of a hockey week in like yeah a long time which is so cool i mean it was like week seven week eight when we started uh when this all uh yep finished playing something like that when it all started yeah because we started what 2019 like the beginning of juniors the second show yeah. So, yeah, probably week eight, week nine, week 10, something like that. And we were yeah. finally able to talk a featured game. Obviously, we did one out west, did one out east, but nothing like we're an Ontario Hockey League we're featured game. <laughs> we're home. Yeah. So, we will take a break. We will figure out who the featured matchup will be for this upcoming week. And, of course, later on in the show, the name bracket continues. An upset. You could call it. So we will get to that and so much more next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. Linktree is there. You can find our website, uh, Joel Vanderland, working on a couple things. Congrats to him, by the way. Congrats to Joel Vanderland, yeah. who is getting involved in the AHL as much as possible. And that is awesome to see. Hey. Um, he does a great job with the articles that he's done for us, with the articles that he did for the, uh, for the Niagara Ice Dogs in the 2019-2020 season. And this is awesome to see, uh, to see Joel get this opportunity yeah 100 percent. well deserved hollywood i gotta find these publications so everyone can follow it Give yeah 
but yeah, it's very, uh, it's very well-deserving. Yeah. It's very well-deserving for, uh, Joel. I mean, he deserves it. Big Belleville guy too. I mean, I know we'll be going at it when, uh, Grand Rapids plays Belleville in the Calder Cup final because they, that's the only way they can play. So that has to be done in the Calder Cup final. And I'm sure that'll be a fun couple of weeks with a Detroit AHL team playing Belleville team he covers. So that'll be a fun one. So the first website network, network, whatever you want to call it, full press AHL at FPC underscore AHL. Uh, news, opinion, and analysis of the American Hockey League, part of the Full Press Hockey Network. That is just one place that you can now find Joel Vanderland's work in the other area. The other account, other website is Inside AHL Hockey, aiming to provide dedicated, in-depth coverage of the AHL with original content that takes hockey fans off the beaten path. And so... Both of those websites, both of those Twitter accounts, again, at FPC underscore AHL and at Inside AHL Hockey is where you can find more of Joel Vanderland's content and great stories that he does so well of telling. So, again, a huge congratulations to him um, for being awesome at what he does. Uh, But, yeah, like I said, the link tree, you can find his articles for us on our website, the link is there. And, of course, the link to all of the podcast platforms that you can find us on, um, wherever you like doing that. Apple, Google. I'm not going to go through all of them because I forget all of them. So <laughs> Anywhere Those are the podcast. two big ones. <laughs> as, I ju- as I just get a text from Joel Vanderlip, I just took really? Kuchar off over Matthews and Fantasy with your thoughts. <laughs> as Reese Good move. Chuck. Good move. Kucherov wins. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> because that's all I need. As I bring it up on air. Which, by the way, thank you for letting me know. My fantasy hockey pool has started, and I'm winning 2.8 to 0. Look at me go. Two minutes in. No, I've got Andre Vasilevsky and Tristan Jari going right now. Ooh. So. Well, yeah, those are my two goalies yeah. in my fantasy team. Took Vasilevsky fourth overall because Drysaitel wasn't available. So, went yeah, with the goalie. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Vasilevsky's going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, but, he is. And the division, yeah. lots of wins over Toronto. Should be good. For anyone that picked <laughs> Leafs to the win the division, good luck with that. So I know Reese didn't pick the Leafs to win the Atlanta. I did then. not. I did not. They are the fourth best team in that division. So good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. That's, I had them four. But back the, to good hockey. Um, exactly. Because we like to talk we about winning. Big news making NHL debuts. Lots of big news. So first of all, the newest captain of the London Knights, number 14, Luke Evangelista. That was a sick he video you sent me. You were there for that game. You you sent me a video of that intro. That was sick. That was unreal. Yeah, the Lou. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. But uh, he, uh, it's very well deserving. He has some lofty goals for him and his team. And I mean, when you hear Luke speak, that's a captain. That's a captain. I don't care what people say. I mean, I feel like everyone knew he was going to be the captain, but his mentality is a captain mentality. And I mean, what he's saying to the press, what he's saying there, it's. It's what a captain says. And, I mean, he has lofty goals. He wants to be top five in scoring this year in the OHL. 
He wants to win a gold medal for Team Canada, represent his country at the World Juniors. He wants to win a Memorial Cup. He wants to play in the NHL next year. And I mean, those are captain goals. Those are captain goals. Those are, that's what you hear from captains around the Ontario Hockey League. Those are what they say. They say the right things. They do the right things. And he goes and has a big weekend. This weekend just caps it off. That's a captain. He's going to have a big year. Yeah, joining him uh, as a leader on the London Knights alternate captains are Ben Roger and Sean McGurn. So nice, nice supporting cast for Luke Evangelista. And very good. You know, this this London Knights team is has been picked to do well. They've been picked to win um, by a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of people have chosen a couple of other teams to take the OHL championship, but the London Knights are definitely top three, top four team uh, in that conversation about whether or not they can win an OHL championship this season. Uh, of course, more moves, I'm sure, are to come because the Hunters, just whenever they feel like winning an OHL championship, they'll just go out and make trades and have some fun and go win. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's just the London Knights. They figure out a way to- how to do it. Yeah. And we heard it right from Mike Stubbs. They're not going to hide anything from you. So just you have to go out there and beat them. Exactly. And I was watching and I was watching the game there on Monday against the Windsor Spitfires where Evangelista had a big night. And I was watching the Knights and I'm just thinking, okay, so Logan may use suspended if he comes back. Obviously, it's a big if. Yeah. And you're thinking Antonio Strong, just who is out. Liam Gilmartin is out. Bryce Montgomery is out. When those guys come back, when Montgomery Strongest and Gil Martin come back, think about how good they could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are quality players. Strongest is a first line player right now for the London Knights. He would be on the in top six for sure. And you have Denver Barkey, who's been incredible. Denver Barkey's incredible for them. I mean, he's Mitch Marner. I mean, you watch him play, he's literally Mitch Marner. He looks the exact same way as Mitch Marner at 16 years old. It's that good. And you have a goaltender in Brett Brochu who's going to make Team Canada's World Junior Team. I put that statement out there after that game because, wow, in the shootout this year, he's 11 for 12. In a shootout, to be that good, to be Mm -hmm. basically perfect, that's incredible. That's incredible. And they have the packages there. And when they get those three back, maybe four, when they get them back, look out. That's that's what I think of them. And there's obviously a few teams in the league that I think that – with guys out where when they come back, they could take off. I think if, if somehow Mason McTavish comes back to Peterborough and Peterborough could get involved in a in a Offman deal, I think that would be incredible. I think Peterborough would have the best first line with Avon McTavish and then possibly Offman. I mean, two possibly now, but uh, that could be the best top line in the entire hockey league if that happens. And it's just really special to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, congratulations, Luke Evangelist, the news captain. Uh, of the London Knights and Nashville Predators prospect. So we're on the topic of that, as I just brought it up because I felt like nice segue. Nice yeah. segue. Former show guest Philip yeah. Tomasino is a member of the Nashville Predators, and you heard it here first. That was the goal when the OHL season was cut short in 2020. <laughs> His focus shifted to Nashville. <laughs> You're coming at- and he wanted to be on the team. Like it was, yeah. Like you said, yeah, he, can talk about it now. he wanted to be yeah. in the NHL and he's getting his opportunity right now. It's nice. We can talk about that publicly now. I mean, before we like, we keep that in house, but he wanted to be, he yeah. want, he, he had no thoughts about going back to the Ontario hockey league or going 
to the AHL for that matter. He only thought NHL. And I mean, that's the right mindset. That is the might the right mindset to have. I mean, obviously, you think NHL, you're that type of caliber caliber player, and you're that close. I mean, yeah, exactly. That should be his goal. But he didn't sugarcoat it, and he made us know that he wants to make the Predators, and that's his main goal. And congrats to Phil. It's very well deserved. I mean, Reese, you saw him come up at 16 in Niagara. I mean, that -hmm. presence he had there in that playoff run. I mean, he looked good. Like. He looked so good where it looked like they didn't have to make those extra trades, Niagara, how good he was in that second half going into the playoffs. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And you look at, you know, Akeel Thomas, he was a first-rounder the year before they took Philip Tomasino. Of course, he had all the hype with Akeel Thomas, and for the right reason, he was an unbelievable player, probably top five Niagara Ice Dogs history in terms of, you know, just a great player. And I think that's easy to put Phil Tomasino in the conversation as well. You know, those two are easily top 10 ice dogs history, best forwards for sure. Um, and of course, Phil Tomasino taking first round the next year and his rookie season, you just saw how special he could be. And, you know, the ice dogs came up short in that second round against the eventual champion Hamilton Bulldogs. But, you know, Phil Tomasino, you talk to him, especially in training camp that next season, he goes, <laughs> Yeah, like we lost, like we didn't really have a chance against Hamilton, but this group is so much better because we lost to the champion. You know, we saw what it takes. We saw, you know, Caden Fulcher and Nett, and obviously Stephen Dillon has the same capabilities as he does, but, you know, you saw what you could get out of a championship goaltender. You saw what you could get on the back end um, from the Bulldogs. And of course, up front with them, it wasn't even fair. So um, to have that type of team, fall to the OHL champions just obviously they lost the next year in the second round of the generals but just for the development of the team you could you could hear how thrilled he was that they were able to lose to the eventual champions again as dumb as that sounds it losing helps development you you learn it does it does like it's I I learn more from losing than you winning yeah I heard the great quote the other week and I can't remember what it was from I think it was on the radio. I can't remember who I was listening to, but anyways, um, you know, it was, you know, if we win, we win. If we lose, we learn. And that's, yeah, that's exactly how Phil Tomasino took it. So it, this is awesome to see him make Nashville's roster at a training camp. Yeah. I mean, it is. And um, 100% and Phil Tomasino has that confidence about him too, where you just, you can tell that guy's a big leaguer. That guy's a guy that needs to play at the highest level. That's he's special. I mean, he's got that it factor. I mean, we kind of saw that with Brody Crane too, when he came on where he's got that confidence about him where he's like, okay, this guy's good. Like this guy's good. Like he did, like he doesn't even have, we don't even have to see him play. We know he's good because like just by the way he sounds or the way he talks and the mm-hmm. way he knows the game, you can tell high motor, very, very into themselves in a positive way. And Bill Thomas, you know, from the second we talked to him, I mean, he's a quick talker. He's a quick speaker for sure. He's probably the quickest speaker we've had on the yeah. show. 100%. And he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you everything. And I mean, he's just going to do it. And I love that about his game. And I mean, you saw that at the World Junior, and you're going to see it in the NHL. Maybe not right away because obviously the transition is tough to the National Hockey League. You don't expect the guy to get 100 points year one or get 80 points or get 50 points for that matter. Just want to see him play the right way, play good in his own end, and he's gonna do that. He's real. He is gonna do that, and I'm not gonna put any expectations, big expectations on him because that's not fair. But he's going to be a good player for the National Predators for years to come. That's for sure. 
Well, he's going to get the opportunities too, right? You don't expect Nashville to compete for a Stanley Cup championship. This yeah, season. bottom five. So, yeah, that, that's a perfect situation. Hey, man, we're not expecting to be the greatest team on the planet, but we're expecting to play hockey the right way. And if you do that, yeah. you're going to stay. And no matter yeah, exactly. whether the points are showing up on the score sheet, whether or not you're putting pucks in the net or setting up your teammates, who cares if you're playing the right way, if you're skating, if you're hustling – you're going to be an NHLer, and that's why I think it's a perfect situation for Philip Tomasino in Nashville. And from from picks five to thirty, for that matter, and well, thirty-two now. But in the first round, once you get out of the top five, what really are the expectations to go to the NHL your first two years? In the yeah. first two years after being drafted, you you're rarely going to see the second year. So congrats to Phil getting in so early. In my opinion, getting in early, the timeline's right on time. And that's perfect. That's perfect. So uh, that's huge. All right, moving on. Uh, the players of the week. I forgot to mention this during the break. I kind of wanted to get to this. Of course, Tucker Tynan. We discussed this a little bit in the opening segment. He's <laughs> named OHL goaltender of the week. Well-deserved. Ice Dogs probably would have been 0-2. If, like, no disrespect to Rosenzweig or, or Costanzo, but Tucker Tynan is the reason the Niagara Ice Dogs are 2-0 and right now. Um and then the OHL player of the week, staying in the Central Division, uh, Jack Thompson of the Sudbury Wolves. Yeah, they got off to a nice start uh, this weekend. Ooh, big, big time. And Jack Thompson, he learned a lot, too, from NHL development camp. And obviously, when you get the C, similar to Luke Evangelista, right? They get the C, and that expectations goes through the roof for themselves and for their teammates. And he's a guy that's going to have a good year. He's going to lead the Sudbury Wolves. I expect the Sudbury Wolves to be pretty competitive. I mean, I expect them to be in the top five in the Eastern Conference. And I think we expect them to be even higher than that, to be honest, in the media poll. So he's going to be a big part of that. And it's a big congrats to him because he deserves it. And he learned a lot from NHL development camp. He grows so much from getting into the system. It's not, it's like, it's crazy how much a player changes from one year, probably a couple of months for that matter. I agree, hundred um, percent. What were the other topics we were going to get to? I forgot. We got already. some attendance, attendance too. Attendance, yes. Elite. By the way, shout out to Colin Ward for doing this. I had nothing to do with this. Colin Ward nope. putting out it's actually attendance no, numbers. I can't take credit for it. I can't take you credit can't. for it. Nope. Joel Vanderlin. Joel Vanderlin obviously is our writer, but he's been doing some quotes for our social media as well. I've done a couple quotes. But for majority, I did the first two games, like the first two nights for attendance, and then Joel did the next two. But uh, big, like big thanks to Joel. I mean, he said he's not leaving us. He's not leaving us. He's, signing, he's not he's big he's leaving signing. us. No, yeah, no, he's not Hollywooding us. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he's been, no, he's he's locked in. He said he's got a long term deal with us too. So there it is. So it's been him too. I can't take all the credit for it, but a lot of those uh, quotes and stuff from articles and from shows. It's been about 50-50 so far this year between Joel and I, so I can't take all the credit. But yeah, you guys big, are big Twitter guys. I'm not. I, I'm yeah. on Twitter, but I, I, I'm I not a big the brand. tweet it's every five minutes or so. But that's on you guys, so shout yeah. out to you guys. Yeah, well, Joel, Joel being a writer, it's yeah. not that far off, right, with Blink, with, like, quotes and stuff. And, I mean, yeah. it helps the show as well. It helps the show, and it uh, helps grow the league. So we're all for that. In a po- if it's positive, we're all for it. So – We'll continue the attendance, I think, for a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm a big I, graphics I guy. That that's that's oh big I'm time, and they're sick, and they're sick graphics. Yeah. I suck at making graphics, so <laughs> that's huge. That's huge. It's a team game. 
Um, By the way, so- I'd just like to mention this. Uh, the OHL, 100% vaccinated players. I'm pretty sure, yeah. unless I read that wrong, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw that come out. They are, because you have to be. Um, the NHL, Gary Bettman just uh, just said, and by the time you're listening to this, you've probably seen this already. Uh, Gary Bettman says that only four NHL players are unvaccinated. Well, we can tell you two of them. <laughs> and they're both <laughs> OHL alumni, Tyler Bertuzzi and Mackenzie Blackwood. By the way, Mackenzie Blackwood now has COVID, so. Yeah. For anyone out there wondering why he's not playing and why your fantasy team might suck through the first couple of weeks is because Mackenzie Blackwood uh, isn't feeling very good right now. So um, that that's pretty sweet though. Four players in the NHL. That's all right, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's really good. Congrats to them. And uh, hopefully, Sorry, I just hopefully thought, I, it goes thought I'd mention that. It just popped up on my watch. Brody Wild, Brody Wild as well. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I believe Brody Wild. Because I saw on Twitter a few weeks ago, Brody Wild. And she, I don't really pay attention to the politics side of the yeah. game. We, we have a hockey speech. side, not money or <laughs> politics. So. Well, don't get me wrong. I like a good cat talk. I like a good salary cat talk. <laughs> I mean, the when the Leafs go to four, four guys. Beneath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I like that, watching the wings. Steve yeah. Eisenman knows how to run a cat, that's for sure. But yeah. Quickly here on the attendance, I want to quickly go through the attendance on Thursday night for opening night, 1,890 in North Bay for their home opener. Right on to see it. Obviously, this is 50% as on Friday evening and Saturday came into effect, 100% yeah. OHL. So that's right on to have, and that's huge. And I know the teams really appreciate that. And it's good on the Ontario government for uh, for allowing that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, Barry had two, 2,112. Windsor had 2,952 on Thursday night. But the big standouts to me were, as I'm quickly going through it, uh, the big standouts to me, it wasn't the prototypical one to know a 4,530 on Friday night for their home opener. I mean, you expected that, right? You expected yeah. their 50. I mean, they have 6,000 season ticket holders. You expect them to have a good one. The big one to me was, as I'm scrolling through it after a featured game, was Saturday evening. Or Saturday, yeah, Saturday evening in Hamilton. 4,527. That's unreal. eh? Hamilton was a team where it didn't like they had, they had too big of an arena for that barn Mm -hmm. for that team. And wow. I mean, that's very impressive. I mean, they fill that whole lower bowl. That's huge. That's massive. And uh, it's good for the league and it's really good for them because they deserve it and they have a good team and it's huge for Hamilton. And uh, it's going to be a fun one to see what they can do. Also, Kingston as well, 2,799 in Kingston. That was the one thing we had talked about while we weren't playing was, all right, the attendance has to come from Kingston. They've got the best player in junior hockey right now. Mm -hmm. Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, throw him in the conversation, whatever. Shane Wright's going to go first overall this year. Connor Bedard's going to go first overall the year after. But we can only control what's in the now. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we – saw the numbers that we did from Kingston and Shane Wright's rookie year, we were, you know, like this, this guy's unreal. Like you have a chance to see him play for less than like 25 bucks or whatever. And you're not like that. That made no sense because obviously you had that effect with McDavid and McDavid's an unreal player, superstar. Will Shane Wright be that? Potentially there's a chance for that, but we don't really know. But um, you know, we saw we saw fans going out to see him, but Shane Wright, exceptional player, not just 
exceptional status from Hockey Canada, but he is an unreal player. And the fact that Kingston was able to get that many fans out to the game and, you know, that many fans going out to watch Shane Wright play on uh, on their home opener it was on. really nice to see. Well, it's right on. It literally gives you goosebumps. It literally gives you goosebumps seeing Hamilton have that many people and seeing Kingston have that many fans. I mean, it's it gives you goosebumps after missing the league for so long. I mean, Reese, you and I missed it like crazy. I mean, we were doing shows and we knew we weren't playing anytime soon. I mean, yeah, we knew we weren't know, playing right? for a year. We knew it was a year away. We saw the news. I mean, we're not stupid. We could see it on Twitter. We could see on the news what's going on yeah. with in the world. So we knew it was happening. And to see this happen, to finally see Shane Wright come in and light it up like he did on the Friday night, and to see those guys, those superstars in the OHL do their thing, that's huge. That's huge for Austin. I mean, it gives me goosebumps seeing Hamilton have that many fans in Kingston, obviously, as I repeat myself, but it really does. And uh, congrats to all those franchises. Congrats to everybody, honestly, for getting started for the hashtag game on. I mean, it felt like that's been going on forever, but, I mean, it's finally here. And it's so cool to finally be able to talk OHL to recap the OHL weekend like this. I mean, it gives you goosebumps to finally talk about it. I mean, like we said, it was like week eight to week 10, the last time we got to talk about a game. And it's just right on. I mean, it's so cool. Well, and by the way, for anyone that didn't see it uh, coming, Grushnikov, if anyone know, if no one saw the goal, he decided to send the fans home happy in Hamilton with a nice <laughs> overtime winner. So oh. uh, if you missed that, go watch that goal because that was sick mm-hmm. just to see the eruption from the crowd and to see the eruption to, from uh, and listen to from the players for the Bulldogs. And listen to the Reed Duffy's, uh, as I've dropped the Ohio State, a fellow Buckeye fan, oh but God. I had to mention, I had to mention the Buckeyes, but Reed Duffy's call was spectacular on that yeah, as was. well. Yeah. So check that out. Check that out. He's bringing the energy this year. I love it. Well, well, and that this was one Buckeyes thing. Must I, be on a winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, and that that's the one interesting thing about Hamilton this year. They cable fourteen isn't going with their own guys. They are taking the feed from the Bulldogs Audio Network. Uh, you know, Reed Duthie and his trio of color commentators. I know Troy is the car is included as one of those guys. The other two names just just slip in my slip in my mind right now, but. Um, you know, they're picking up the feed from that and just using the visuals from their cameras for the game. So, you know, again, that's another way that, you know, we're starting to see the integration of all of these online platforms start to make their way, you know, whether it's on TV or whether it's just on, you know, a stream or something, because that's just the way the world's going. Uh, the ice dogs are there. They're on giant FM and country 89.com. Uh, you know, the Oshawa generals, they're online. Um, of course, in-house for the Firebirds, Erie, Otters, and uh, and Saginaw Spirit. They're all like that as well. So it's just, you know, we're getting there. It's just a matter of time. And uh, Reed Duthie does a great job on the Hamilton Bulldogs calls. I will see him on Friday. I am attending the Hamilton Bulldogs Niagara Ice Dogs game at the First Ontario Center. Try and learn some radio gear and how to, how to yeah. learn how to work radio gear. So that'll be interesting. Um, and then La- Colin, he will be in London. So we'll be in two different buildings. London, on yeah. London winter. Pasquale Zito. What's up? Yeah. That'll be, that'll be sick. You gotta, you gotta find some or filter show, yes. on like, I hate this app, but you gotta find some filter on like TikTok or something or like Instagram or Snapchat where you can get a Red Wings jersey hey, and just I get a picture it. of Pasquale Zito on the ice. Just uh, Photoshop it. Yeah. Yeah. True. I got the backdrop. I got the backdrop, a little Caesars. 
That'd be a good one. Just that'd be not bad, bad, eh? Just take a picture of the bud and Photoshop little Caesars and have not him bad. in his Spitfires jersey going on to the little Caesars ice from the corner too. That'd be that'd be dope. I gotta do that. You know what? I'll do that. That's some homework. That's some homework. <laughs> That's some homework this week. But four show guests going on in that game. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping to see uh, Bryce Montgomery, Liam Gilmartin, and Antonio Strong just return to the lineup for the Knights as well because that's going to be a good game, Windsor London. I'm excited for that one. You obviously have a good one as well. Niagara Hamilton, the formerly or still Asterix Canine Cup. Yeah, I don't know if you can. Radio game. Obviously, TSN 1150 doesn't exist. Thanks, Bell Media. Appreciate that. Um, Hey, Bell Media. And then, of course, 610 felt the need to – well, I'm not going to go into that, but they are no longer the voice <laughs> of the Niagara Ice Dogs. So um, I don't know. They got to figure something. The online Kena. I don't know. That's weird because both are <laughs> online are online now. So it's yeah. Oh my god, the <laughs> ESHL <laughs> Dog Pound Cup. I don't know. Like I don't we know. Gotta think of, we just got to name it. We just got to name it because the so many people Cup cared about the Canine Cup, right? Cup. Well, the canine cup should stay because I mean, ice dogs, bulldogs, canine. That's probably sitting in the uh, 102.9 K Light Studios right now for what reason, but because it wouldn't be in the BNM Bloomberg Studios because we thought putting that on radio was a great idea. Morons. Whatever. Whatever it is. It's aggressive. I, I, remember, I remember we almost broke it playing basketball in the studio. We did. We did almost break it. Shooting threes. So we got to be careful. <laughs> Can you imagine who broke the cup? Who cares? It wasn't us who walked out the studio doors, hands up. Who it wasn't cares? us. Bolt. Yeah. No big deal. Oh. oh all right. Time for another break. Uh, when we come Name back, racket. we still haven't decided what our featured game will be. We'll see if we can get to one. And then, of course, yeah, the name bracket, like you mentioned, Colin, the upset, it took place. And we will yeah. let you know what exactly happened next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. We finally made a decision. Our featured game this week is going to take place on Sunday, October 17th. Yeah, I got that right. Good math, Reese. Yeah, Um, Yeah, Saturday, October 17th. It is the Sudbury Wolves making the trip to the nation's capital, taking on the Ottawa 67s. It's 2 p.m. start at TD Place. And we were kind of debating between this one or Peterborough-Oshawa because that's always a nice rivalry game uh, when the Peets and Generals kind of get together. But at the same time, we just did the Oshawa Generals. So, yeah. Didn't if we would have done it. them again, we wouldn't have done them for a very long time. So, and uh, we spread it out a bit. I don't want to hear the haters. <laughs> don't want to hear oh, hate, you, right? Oshawa. Yeah, haters going to hate. <laughs> exactly. So, it's yeah. – it is the Wolves against the 67s. Uh, we will start with our players to watch. And Colin, we'll start with the Sudbury Wolves. You can go first. Ooh, so Sudbury for me, I got to go with the local guy. For me, Landon McCallum. I think he's going to break out of it next week. I think he's going to have a big week. It's a week into the year now. He's playing a good spot up there. I think he breaks out of it. He's due for one. So I'm going Landon McCallum. Tell a Delhi guy. I got to stick with it. Let's nice. go. 
Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Jack Thompson. Uh, obviously, he had an unbelievable weekend yeah, to the- kick off the season. Eight points, three goals, five assists. And let's see if he can keep it going. This Ottawa team, despite an 8-1 loss to the Kingston Frontenacs on opening night, uh, there's there's still a good hockey team. You know, Ottawa, again, oh, yeah. they're they are a team that went deep in the playoffs and had another opportunity to go deep in the playoffs, but it never happened. Um, and, you know, there's still that core around there. Obviously, Dave Cameron's been there. He's been to a Memorial Cup, albeit Mississauga hosted, even though they lost Owen Sound. Uh, in the OHL final, but you know, Dave Cameron is someone kind of like Marty Williamson, who's won at this level and who's had a success success at this level. So, um, you know, Jack Thompson, see if you can have yourself another weekend. Let's see it for the Sudbury Wolves as they, uh, as they'll come into this game, obviously with a better record, but they went two and one first weekend of the season, six, three win against the Peterborough Peets, six, three win, against the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and then a 3-2 to two loss in North Bay. Yeah. Over to the Ottawa 67s, what player are you looking at? Well, he's red hot right now. Jack Beck, I think he has a big game, and I think he's going against Sudbury Wolves five points in three games over the weekend. He's a minus one on the year, six pins, but I'm going with Jack Beck. Yeah, for me, I'm going Anthony Costantini, and he was kind of one of my players to watch uh, before the season started. The Hamilton, Ontario native sixth-round pick in 2018 by the Ottawa 67s. You know, he, tough to look at numbers now. Three points, three games. He's plus one, a couple of penalty minutes, and a power play goal. That was his lone tally of the season so far. But You know, it's early on again, like I said, to start the year, he's got to be someone who has to be good for the 67s. You know, you look at top 10 picks in the OHL, you expect them to have maybe not the greatest careers, but you expect them to be an X factor for that OHL club. And I think Costantini needs to have that type of season this year. So, you know, tough test against the Sudbury Wolves, but uh, I I think he's going to have himself a good weekend and it's just, it's going to continue to rise for him throughout the season. So. Um, yeah, he's three and three my, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be my yeah, that's to watch a good pick for this. Game. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a very good pick. Um, it's gonna be a fun one. I don't know what to think of this score. I don't, honestly score predictions. I, I hate score kidding. predictions. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, good. I'm not good at those. I'm a good after the first period score prediction guy. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm getting when it gets easy. Yeah, but like that, it's hard. Um, onto the name bracket. Yeah, to the think. name bracket. I'm trying to think anything else for the featured game. I think we covered it all. Featured game. Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa 67, same record. First weekend of the season as the Sudbury. Had a big game. One big eight, one lost the Kingston Frontenacs, and then they rebounded with a couple of wins after that. So, yeah, it responded well. And speaking of Kingston, I get a transition is. I got to get to it now. The name bracket as nice. Jason Zade, Zade Wisdom is in the finals. He will face the winner of Giancarlo Shannon, Denver Barkey. And that was Denver Barkey. So we will have a new champion. The Swiss slugger, unfortunately, is out for the first for the first time in a long in the history of the name bracket. <laughs> so <laughs> he is off. So it is down to a two out of three series, I think we said. Yeah. Right? Two out of three. It's Zade Wisdom, and it'll be out, it will be throughout the week. It is Zade Wisdom versus Denver Barkey. Tough one. 
This is a very that's tough. tough. One to Obviously, I'm going Zade Wisdom because that's yeah. still a real name. And what's funny is it's still uncertain if he's actually going to play. But mm-hmm. I'm going. Who cares? Because uh, it's a cool name. And the problem, is, and the problem is too. Like a lot of times, I pick the better player. If they're named to the yeah, same, that like is they're true. tough to the side. I pick the better player, but how do you pick a better player in this situation? I, I know. mean, like Barky's red hot. I literally compared Denver Barky to Mitch Marner in the first segment. I mean, that's a lot of praise to compare to Mitch Marner, but it's a tough one for me. I'm I'm gonna say now it goes three. I'm gonna say it goes the distance. I don't think it's a sweep, but it's hard when you get the votes right with the followers and stuff. Obviously, as it goes, there's gonna be more votes in the series but i'm gonna go barky in three so i have barky in three i'm going wisdom in two so wisdom wisdom in two for reese i figured you were gonna go two i figured that i just thought three because because well this is why this is why i figured this is why i figured so how someone's opinion going to change into the second day i mean we're saying barky both times you're saying wisdom both times i mean we're not voting the other guy the next match so i know how that's why it's interesting it because because austin swank see, right? the first one last year and then shanton won the next two it's like what the heck yeah changed? that's why <laughs> yeah yeah like it, there's different votes so that's why that's why i say it'll go three but i obviously like i get your point because like it's it really it really should just go two yeah. it really should just be two because they're not a followers but it's going to be interesting i have barky in three reese has Wisdom in two. That's next for the finals. Best two out of three name bracket champion will be crowned next week on the show. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it uh, it should be fun, and that also in- concludes episode sixty six uh, of the Owen sixty podcast. Again, stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram Sunday afternoon two p.m. start. The Sudbury Wolves are taking on. The Ottawa 67s in our featured game this week. Second one of the year, as we enjoyed very much breaking down our first one, Niagara and Oshawa. So thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the first weekend of action as much as we did. Probably not true, but, you know, try to get to our level because uh, this was was nice. This was a nice Oh, one. it was huge. It was huge, that's for sure. It's nice to be back. I mean, Reese and I are talking about a potential three and three this weekend. I mean, it's great. It's going to be a wild weekend yep. for sure. For sure, between the two of us, they're going to have four games. Five games, you could say. Five games. Yeah. You would be in attendance at five games for sure this weekend in three days between the two of us. That's going to be wild. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. There's going to be a lot to talk about next week because we're going to see a lot of things. We're going to talk to a lot of people. So it's going to be a fun one. Stay tuned for next week because it's going to be good. Next week's featured game might be interesting as well. I think we kind of got a hint, but we don't. Same. If you have any suggestions on future games, tweet us. We have a hint. What? We kind of have a hint. We could also put that out there. If you want a certain game for us to cover. Tweet us. Yeah, just tweet at us at the podcast. Shoot us a message, whatever. Um, if you want us to cover a certain game, yeah, feel free. Make suggestions. Obviously, we're just kind of picking at random here. Oh, what night works for the for both of us? Because we got stuff going on at night for sure. So, you know, if we can if we can get a game out there where 
you know, we might miss half of it or we'll have to just rewatch the entire game that, you know, that's no big deal. Just let us know. Right. Um, obviously we'll this week, but um, yeah, let us know what games you want to see us cover because there are some really good matchups that we will not cover just because we think there's a better matchup out there. But if you think we're stupid, let us know. Um, we're always open for, uh, for discussions and, game ideas so again at the own 60 podcast at reese Dumaney, at colin underscore ward 14 no colin ward colin ward underscore 14 i gotta get rid of the underscore. that's really 14. dumb that you do it between ward and 14 well i didn't want i didn't even want an underscore or a number in it it just oh, won't so. let me change it it won't let me you, change it i'll show you it, i'll colin show you underscore time. ward wouldn't be bad if you got rid of the 14, put the underscore in between your first and last name. That wouldn't be bad. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I dig that. I'll do okay. that. I'll look. I'll look it up. Uh, next, You know what? Next time we're in person, we can do the video. We can do the video. Oh, <laughs> Finally. Because it's literally been how long has it been since I've been talking about changing my Twitter? A year? Like like a long time. Maybe since we started the show. Like, like, like two I, years. The amount of time you have been talking about it has felt longer than the Leafs Stanley Cup drought. The least Twitter poll, Twitter poll, amount of time Colin talked about changing his Twitter account. How, uh, <laughs> how long has it been? So the Leafs Cup, I feel like how I long does walk. it feel? Leafs Stanley Cup drought long, or Toronto Blue Jays World Series drought long? I mean, Jays one hurts. Jays one hurts. Jays one hurts. But <laughs> I mean, I can't chirp. The Tigers haven't won World Series. I feel like before, so. I feel like I feel like the amount of time you could walk, you could literally walk the country in the amount of days, like three times, three times in the time I've been talking about, in the amount of shows I've been talking about changing my Twitter account. It's been a long, it's been long, boring, repeating ride, but that'll change soon. That'll change soon. Thanks for listening. It's been a fun one. Play the goal, yeah. Right. yeah, fun week. Um, next Tuesday, tune in again to the Own Sixty Podcast. Um, should be a good one as well. So we will chat in seven days.